Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Zachary Reality. I am your host, Zachary Reality. Welcome back to a brand new episode of my podcast. This is such an exciting episode, which I probably say every single week, but this episode is so interesting because this episode is something we've never done before. Like just like a whole new fresh face, a whole new vibe. We have Bachelor Data coming on my podcast. If you don't know who Bachelor Data is, she basically is an account that keeps track of all Bachelor Data. Like it's literally that simple. She monitors screen time, Instagram follower growth, um, like fireworks, just like random things about The Bachelor and just like puts them all into a spreadsheet, posts statistics on her Instagram, and basically keeps you informed on all things Bachelor data. We really get into so much about the show over the years and the data and like how the show has changed and what she's recorded. This is just such an interesting episode and I feel like longtime Bachelor fans are going to enjoy this so much. So um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Also guys, today is my birthday, as in like, today, not yesterday when I recorded this. Like today, June 24th, today's my birthday, 24 on the 24th. Um, I just turned 24. I'm like freaking out that tomorrow is my birthday, even though it's today, just because I feel like birthdays have so much pressure. I don't know about you, but I've been planning my birthday for like two months and I feel like it's like my wedding day and I'm just like having so much anxiety. So hopefully when this is out tomorrow, I'm like at peace and it's like my birthday and we can just like enjoy the day. Does anyone else feel like that when it's their birthday? I'm like, can we just get this over with? Like, let's celebrate me. Let's make it about me. Let's take a picture and let's move on with our life. Like, it's just, I feel so much pressure. So I just had to throw that in there and let you guys know that I'm releasing this episode on my freaking birthday. And I'm just like so excited that it's my birthday and that like, it'll be over soon because it's just like giving me anxiety. So I just had to throw that in there. But yeah, just wish me a happy birthday on Instagram, please, because that would make my day just Zachary Reality on Instagram or go to my TikTok and just tell me happy birthday. Anyway, I'm going to play the podcast with Bachelor Data. We're talking all about Katie's season of The Bachelor. She's bringing so many fun factoids about the show over the years. We're definitely having a really good conversation. This is an amazing episode of my podcast. So sit back, enjoy, and listen to the podcast. Okay, we are here with the one and only Bachelor Data. Welcome to my podcast. And please introduce yourself as your name and not Bachelor Data. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. My name is Susanna Summers. I am the founder of Bachelor Data. Started my Instagram account in technically February of 2020. Um, but we all know it happened a few weeks later. So we really kicked things off uh, fall of 2020. Oh, cool. I think I discovered your account a couple months ago and I was like, oh my God, who is this? I need to have her on my podcast. This is genius. Like I would never even think to have like a bachelor data type of like account. Like that's so genius. And it's something that no one else is doing. How did you get the idea to start this? Yeah. So, well, the project had actually started December, 2018. So I had just become a technology director before that. Um, I was an elementary teacher. Um, so what I'm trying to say is absolutely no experience with data visualization. Um, and I decided it was about time for me to learn how to use spreadsheets because I was seeing them so much at work and, you know, I could do a few things like I could go into a cell and say like this cell plus that cell equals, you know, some of that. Um, but I, I really like, I didn't know formulas. I didn't know how to make them look pretty. So I tried to sign up for some Excel classes online and they were so dry. It was like Bueller, like monotoned lessons that were so boring 
that I was like, you know what? I, I've been following the bachelor subreddit. People love to talk about Instagram follower counts. So mm-hmm. I was like, why don't I start tracking this and then play with the data to learn how to use spreadsheets. So you started just tracking the followers and then it led into everything. <laughs> yeah. It kind of snowballed last year. Wow. And it's really like heating up. Like a lot of people are more interested in it than ever. I've noticed with The Bachelor that people don't even like to watch the actual show anymore. They just like to interact with people and talk about the show and like shit on the show afterwards. And I feel <laughs> like the you're, the reason why your account is so interesting, it's because you have all of these like interesting facts that people are just so curious about. Um, besides tracking followers, what are other, what are some of the other things you like to track? Yeah, so the the other big thing that we collect data-wise um, that we started actually Tasha's first episode during her season um, is screen time. So we call it featured screen time. And it's not like how long is every single person on the TV? Because when we were like, oh, well, we want to see like how much screen time do people get? Um, we were like, okay, well, we don't want to know if a ton of men are on the couch, right? We want to know, okay, there's a ton of men at the couch in the house, but there's two men that are really like fighting back and forth. They're the people that are featured. So we call it featured screen time. And the point of that is not only to collect, okay, who had the most, had the most screen time, but then being able to connect that with Instagram growth to see, well, last episode, Carl or episode two, Carl had a ton of screen time Hmm. and no growth. But then meanwhile, Greg, and now this week, Michael, a lot of screen time and a lot of Instagram growth. So it's mm-hmm. it's cool to be able to collect those two pieces of data to really be able to see, okay, what are the producers showing us? And then what's the impact on the audience based on what they're showing us? And then aside from that, we collect a ton of like novelty type of data. So um, the history of getting a fireworks date and then how long you last or first impression rose recipients, how long do they have to wait for their first date or how long do they actually last? Um, and finding cool stuff like bachelorette first impression roses actually really often go on to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the bachelor, when it's the men giving out the first impression rose, they actually do a horrible job at picking their final people. Yeah. It's so, I love that you're here with me because I'm a bachelor nation super fan. I've been watching for 10 years. So everything that you're tracking, I'm like, I already know this. I'm doing the history. I know the first impression rose. I know this, I know that. So it's so interesting to have you here. Cause like, I get it. I've been watching the show yeah. forever and I get it. Now, one thing you just said, you said we. Do you have a whole team running Bachelor Data or do you do this by yourself? And this is your side hustle, right? It's not like your full-time job. Correct. So by day, I'm a technology director for a school district now, um, which as you can imagine, I've had a really rough year and a half now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. very much a full day job that I work well beyond actual work hours often. But I recently brought on a friend of mine who is also a Bachelor super fan. Um, who just for years now with me working on this data, she's always one of the first people that I just like send what I'm working on to for, for ideas. So I brought her on board, thanks to Patreon um, and all the people who support us on there. She's actually helping uh, me now with collecting all the screen time, which can take, you know, after the premiere between the two of us, I think we spent eight to 10 hours collecting it. So. Oh my God. Wait, so you have a podcast. No, we don't. So we, we do a Patreon where it's not like you get bonus podcasts, but you get bonus data posts or Ooh. like we all saw in the preview this week that Blake Moines, 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 yeah. <laughs> Moines, he is coming back from Clarentatia's season. Well, Patreon subscribers, they're actually going to get a post early this week on people who come back from previous seasons and how well they actually do. Mm-hmm. But they also get exclusive posts like 
Um, you know, they actually get the full breakdown of screen time. They get race representation every week. Um, and then they also get my analysis. So I do a whole write-up blog post analyzing the data. So you found a way to make some money out of this. Yeah, and it really, it just, it, it was sustainable when I started it because especially here, I live in Boston and everything was locked down and we were taking it really seriously, especially with me going in and working with schools. It's not like I could just have bigger bubbles and pods of friends. So it was sustainable at the time for me to do this all because I was like twiddling my thumbs at home whenever I was trying to not work. Um, so naturally I found another way to work. Um, but um, now that, you know, trying to come out of the pandemic and I also have another startup aside from this, um, it's really helpful to have somebody else that I can pay to bring on board to help me. I mean, this can turn into a whole big thing. I mean, I noticed that you might be doing the circle data, maybe a couple other reality shows. I mean, you could literally turn this into reality show data. What other reality shows besides The Circle were you thinking about collecting data? Yeah, so I just started a new Instagram account called Reality TV Data. And um, for me, I my first reality TV show actually wasn't The Bachelor. It was Big Brother. Okay. Um, two years before I started watching The Bachelor. So I started with Jake Pavelka. Um, me when too. I, was in college. I started yeah, with Jake Pavelka too. Such a good first season. Such a good first season. Because uh, Vienna... Yeah. Ali, Gia, who unfortunately passed away. Like there was so much drama in that season. And then like- And the, the cast was that, so good. So good. And then Brad Womack's second season with like Michelle Money. Like those were the, the prime time. Those were like my favorite seasons watching. Ben Flanick, Courtney Robertson. Oh. So good. A gem. So good. Yeah. No, those years I, I struggle, especially like Sean Lowe. Like I can just keep oh, going. Those yeah. years were so good. And that's also too, I feel like, I feel like Katie's season is getting us back there to the prime years, but um, Big Brother is one that I started, I started watching before Bachelor. So I'm really excited because there's a lot of game aspect to it that can be analyzed, but we're going to start with Instagram follower accounts, kind of see what's going on there first. Okay. Have you ever watched Survivor? I have tried so hard to like Survivor. I like, and I have people DM me and they'll be like, hey, you should do Survivor. And I'm like, listen, I have tried so hard to love Survivor, but I just can't get into it. But somebody did send me some seasons I hadn't watched, um, but there's so, there's so much potential in Survivor. And so there are people that are crunching some numbers already around um, gameplay, so. Yeah, well, honestly, I think the Survivor fan base is a lot of nerds. And I feel like, like, I'm sure you're a proud nerd and it's an amazing thing. So I feel like a lot of people have, are kind of doing similar things too in the Survivor world. I also noticed that I feel like people are like either Survivor fans or Big Brother fans, like hardcore. I'm a Survivor oh, fan. So I can tell you, I can do the data for you on Survivor, honestly. Like <laughs> I know it from heart, from my heart. Like that's the first show I ever got into. I was like six. Um, Big Brother, I haven't really gotten into too much, but I want to watch this season um, are you like planning on watching Big Brother this season? Like, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, so I'm hoping to be able to pull it off this summer. I, when I was in college, I actually used to buy the live feeds, which I don't think I could pull that off anymore. Um, just because it's such a commitment with like following certain Twitter accounts to jump on at the right time. Um, but yeah, I'm going to hope to watch all three episodes every week of Big Brother. I don't know if we're going to be doing screen time yet, just because three hours a week is a big commitment. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be trying to analyze some of the gameplay too, um, which will push me on some of my survivor, or not survivor, big brother knowledge 
um, you'd really be surprised. Like you, even as somebody like myself, where I'm a super fan and I used to just always keep bachelor, like old seasons running on in the background whenever I'm like cleaning at home. Like it's amazing how much information needs to be recalled when you're trying to do some of those novelty posts that it, it gets tricky. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could totally imagine. Now, something I'm so curious about, and I'm sure you've noticed this, Bachelor contestants are not gaining the followers they used to. Like they used to go on the show, get a million followers, no big deal. Now it's like the it girls from Matt James' season only have 50, 60,000. And it's crazy to me. Why do you think that is? Yeah, that I find that absolutely fascinating because I think the peak that we saw for Bachelor, Tyler C was the last of like big earners and, and Peter was from the same season. And, um, and then on Peter's season, Maddie and Hannah Ann are really the last of the, like, the girls that we've seen gain a ton of followers. And you would think that the, the pandemic, everybody, you know, being locked at home, can't go out a ton, you know, that I, I feel like that would boost their followers for Matt James season. Um, but we're seeing a decline. So I think it can attribute to a few things. People are leaving Instagram. Um, TikTok is it's really becoming the next big thing. That's where I found you. Yeah. Um, and I reached out to you. I was like, oh my gosh, I found your page and I love it. Um, and once you and reached out to me, I was like, I know your page and I love it. Like we're following <laughs> each other. We're friends. We're doing this. And I think that's a big thing. And it, it, yeah, I was resistant to TikTok for the longest time at the beginning of the shutdown also, cause like it's a little busy, mm -hmm. um, at, with work, but, um, once I got on it, it is, it's so engaging and it's, short form video media is really where things are going. Um, and that's kind of, kind of be my next venture. And I, I'm, tr I'm trying myself to go into TikTok and like praise to you because that switch is a big one. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of bachelor contestants are going to need to figure out how to pivot into that media space. And I, I can see this season, you know, we're seeing hunters on there. We're seeing a few contestants that are really trying to pick up on it. Um, but how are they going to sell themselves on short form media now when there was already such a recipe for Instagram and how to come off and make that money? That is true. And I also think maybe part of the reason why is because there's so many Bachelor contestants to follow. And now I think we're at the point in the show where it's just, it's reaching its last few years. It's just, there's too many contestants. There's too many of the same formula. The show's getting overexposed. Now there's some controversy. There's been racial controversy. The host situation's messed up they're losing viewers, they're losing ratings. This season is down 2 million in ratings. Do you keep track of the ratings as well? And why do you think the show might be declining? I do keep track of the ratings, but I, I think it's it, it can be such a clickbaity thing to report on because yes, are the number of viewers down? Yes. They were also down for Hannah Brown's season. She had a horrible season compared to previous seasons. Um, you know, that's, that's happened every year because it's not just like Nielsen is, is the big one that people use to talk about ratings and they're trying to adapt. They're trying to keep up with streaming. They're really slow to it. Um, but it's not just that. I mean, if we look back at the Sean Lowe days, like it does not touch anymore, but we also, we didn't have that many shows back then to watch, you know, Netflix was just becoming to be a thing back then. And now look at Netflix, they're busting out all these great reality TV shows. We're about to get a new one from a previous Bachelor producer. Like there's just so many options that I don't, like I don't think that just because it's down so many million from the last seasons or whatever, like I don't think that that necessarily means the show is ending anytime soon. I mean, it's still one of the top 
graded shows on its slot for its night, that produce that advertisers are still going to flock there. I think honestly, the next big metric that what advertisers are going to care about are how people engage with the show. And, and that's where data like what I'm reporting on can be useful because yes, we can look at like the bachelor, the bachelor at ABC, you know, Instagram pages and like, okay, how are people interacting there? But that's not the true metric. Like I don't go on the bachelorette's Instagram page and like go into the comments because that sounds horrible. I go to meme pages. I go to pages that report on the news like yours, yours reports on TV shows. I want to see how people are engaging at least this is what I'm assuming as an advertiser. Mm-hmm. I want to see how people are engaging with that kind of content because it's going to tell me who my target audience is and how engaged they are with the show. Um, so you're I think definitely, yeah, you're definitely up on the social media. You're almost <laughs> like, you could almost be like a social media manager. Has The Bachelorette ever reached out to you or noticed your page? Well, so they have a, a, it's a verified page. It's Bachelor Nation and it's like run by the producers, I believe. Per their, their bio has said that at some point, um, that account follows my account. <laughs> so okay. I'm assuming they know about me. Uh, there are a lot of contestants that have publicly commented on my pages though. Even this season, Landon came on to talk about the suit analysis that I did the first night because he wore like a, you know, a salmon suit. suit. Yeah. And he was like, well, it didn't work this season or something like that. So what is the you know? salmon suit analysis? Salmon suits don't uh, work? Well, I do. So this season I did, um, for, for Matt season, I did a first night dress color analysis of like all the women's dress colors. And I was like, well, how are we going to do this for the men? So I was like, okay, let's analyze their suit color, which turned into suit undershirt, if they wore a tie or a bow tie, and then the color of that and what that led to. So, um, when I posted that, he went and commented that it must've not worked because it worked in previous seasons, like with Hannah Brown. Um, cause I remember Tyler C wore, had a salmon suit and Thomas wore a salmon suit, I believe this week. And we know he's probably on his way out because yeah. <laughs> he's becoming the villain. One thing I also noticed with the show, and I'm sure you picked up on this is that villains are now getting confronted earlier and leaving earlier. There's no more dragged out villains like the Courtney's or the Michelle's or Luke P where they're like the villain for multiple episodes. It's now like, you're the villain. We're hashing this out. MJ and Justenia style. And then you're done. Why do you think that is? You know, I think, I think there was a shift, right? So when we look back at like Sean Lowe's season, his is like my favorite villain. Yeah. Cause like, Tierra. Tierra was like, it's my, Tierra, like it's, it's my sparkle. It's my yeah. eyebrow. Like, it's like, that is such silly. Like you can enjoy that drama. Right. But I mean, at the same time, you also like now understanding empathy for these people, you also feel horrible. But um, I think there was definitely a big shift um gosh what season was it but in the last like after, three four years I want to say Ben Higgins season after that it just became a little different with like Instagram yeah. and like I think reality tv as a whole has become a lot more like but they want to keep your attention so there's more fights more drama more yeah. action and it's less genuine now on all reality <laughs> shows yeah and I feel like a lot of the drama like you can tell how producer driven it's been but it's also I don't know. I feel like it just hasn't sat well with viewers over the last few seasons. Like, especially Matt James, I was like, personally, like I, I go to therapy cause like bless therapy. It's the greatest thing. 
And there was one week that I walked in and I was like, I need to debrief on what happened on The Bachelor because I'm seriously like middle school triggered on the way that these girls were treating each other. But on top of that, like bringing up a rumor that a girl was a prostitute, like that's like that feels like a different type of reality TV show that's not owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it, it hasn't felt, you know, I don't know. And that's where I I feel like Katie season, especially, I feel like so many new things are happening. I love, absolutely love the host dynamics. I know that this is super controversial, but personally, if I were Katie, I would not want like a, I don't know how old Chris Harrison is, 56 year, 50 year old man. 49. Yeah, I think he's 49. So almost 50 divorced man coaching me on how to find love. I'd rather have like two girls that feel like my girlfriends to de, you know, debrief and like, you know, especially after I love the phrase everybody's using, especially with like Game of Roses, with like the men are unionizing too. Mm. Like, I love that she was able to leave that situation, which I was also like on my couch, like, did this really just happen? I'm like shouting by myself and my mm. boyfriend's like, can you not yell so loud? <laughs> um, and I'm like, this is amazing drama. Like, this is new. I'm engaged. And then she gets to go and debrief with like her girlfriends. Like, I, I like those new dynamics that are coming to it. but. Um, I think it's also interesting to see how Katie is using Instagram this season and social She's media engaging. in general. She is so much yeah. more engaging. I've never had a bachelorette reach out to me or follow me until Katie. And she is like engaging with my posts because I guess she sees the value in that on TikTok when no other bachelorette has ever engaged with any Instagram influencer besides whoever is like legit, legit, legit. Like they don't start with like the self-starters. They just like get people who are like a part of the network. It's so interesting. And that's why I love Katie so much because you can tell how down to earth she is and how like she gets social media and she gets that these are the podcasts that are like continuing the show. And I feel like The Bachelor just hasn't been doing a good job with their social media over the past few years either. They don't engage with Bachelor podcasts. But this season they have Heather McDonald's come on. And do you remember that scene when Heather was like, and most importantly, when Katie was like, the Juicy Scoop podcast. I was like, finally, like give somebody credit who's like <laughs> yes. keeping the show alive and keeping that engagement because more people like engaging in these Bachelor podcasts, and these Bachelor accounts than they actually like watching the show. Yeah, and I think personally, like the shift that I see happening feels a lot like, like when, when we started watching with the Jake Pavelka era and Brad Womack. I think Brad Womack was the first season that they allowed contestants to use their social media while it was airing, which like, if you look back to those days, like who was running their marketing team because making all the contestants be absolutely silent on social media, like how is that helping your show? Mm -hmm. So I feel like now we're having a shift now. And like last season too, I had Ivan was like commenting publicly on my posts at the beginning of the season. And we ended up seeing that he made it pretty far. So the fact that they're allowing contestants to interact more, I think is going to help the show. A hundred percent. So let's talk a little bit about this season. You're doing your data data analysis and do you look up spoilers or do you not know spoilers? Um, so when I started watching my first season, I looked them up. So like this is back when I was like in my college dorm and was just bored one weekend. I was like, I want to know what happens on this show. I wonder if there's spoilers. Um, so I've been spoiled a lot in the past. Um, now that I do analysis around it, I don't love spoilers because it adds another variable to the data 
that can influence why people are following the person. But it doesn't it doesn't always point to it. So if you look at like Tasha's season, the spoiler was that Zach won early on, but you could not see it in follower accounts. Like he was dragging behind the other men. Um, so yeah, I I am spoiled just and also especially with an account like mine, like the second spoilers drop, like I don't even have time to like see it myself. Like it just gets DM'd to me. So um it's hard not to be. But yeah, I have to just because if not, I can't analyze the data. Yeah, I guess I'm curious like who you think is gonna win this season based on screen time and all of your data analysis. But if you already kind of know in the back of your head, then can you say who you thought was gonna win on night one, just based on night one? Well, I think you you can't you can't analyze who's gonna win just based off of night one screen time. Um, especially because character arcs, like they're so different every season that a lot of times you won't see a character until halfway through the season. Like Zach, we didn't see him with Taisha much the first few episodes. Um, so it really depends on when did they actually get their date, which can be, you know, when did they have fireworks scheduled for, you know, those specific date, the dates that they hold for people that make it far. Um, yeah, I, I did see there was a spoiler drop today. I'm not going to talk about it on here because I don't know if yeah. everybody's spoiled, but them. I will tell you that like up until yesterday, um, especially a lot of what I was thinking was how odd it was that a first impression Rose recipient immediately got the first date. That's never happened before, um, at least in, in the years that we've yeah, watched it. It's never happened. Um, and I kind of thought the reason he got that date is because the date that they already picked with the river and everything had something to do with Katie's dad who passed away. So I think because Greg's dad passed away, it kind of just happened like that. But also Greg was never, he's not the villain. He could have easily had a target on his back because he got the first impression rose and the one-on-one, -on -one, but it doesn't seem like anyone has a problem with him. He seems very likable in the house. And Katie and Greg have a great connection. I really like them together. Did you see this post that Katie liked? I think it was yesterday. Um, did you see that meme that Greg, like, you know, might want to be an actor or something? Yeah, I did see that. And I, I've read a little bit about like all the sides that could be included in that. I think especially since we know Katie is so social media savvy and I'm sure she like she knows who spoils the show. She knows stuff that's out there. It wouldn't surprise me if she's smart enough to also like troll people mm -hmm. because I can I, like I'm sure she doesn't want her ending spoiled because she wants people excited about it. Um, but I mean, there's also been people talking, I think I saw on Reddit that like, apparently the sister that commented afterwards is not exactly a normal social media poster. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's kind I, of a little. It's just, I, I look at that as just like a meme. Like Katie's funny. Like she wants to just laugh on and memes are meant to be funny. Like you like memes, you, shade, being shady is fun. It's all in good fun, especially on the internet. So I wouldn't take that too seriously. Yeah. Um, but taking away your data queen, I guess you are the data queen. Who are some of your um, favorites this season on the show? Like, who are you really relating to? Um, I I liked Greg's story. Um, I personally, I have a cat. So I thought that the cat entrance with Connor was absolutely hilarious. Um, and the fact that she kissed him the first night, I was like, this is awesome. Like, and then she turned into she... a cat. Yeah, exactly. Straight out and, of Shrek. Um, yeah, and I love Andrew S, but I feel like especially his screen time so much this season has been so narrator focused. So something that we've been really trying to like nail down is like people's character arcs. 
can, like, can you actually classify why somebody was put on the show? Especially Rachel Lindsay's article where she talks about how, you know, people of color have been used as tokens on the show. Um, and I, you know, there were some women also in Matt James season who said that I was like, okay, well, you know, what would a token look like? Like, how would you define that? How would you measure it? And what's really hard is actually like a narrator is easy to pin down. Like we're only seeing this guy talking about other people in the house and how he's feeling about other people in the house. So that's an easy one, but the villain one is so difficult because there's different types of villains, especially Ben Higgins is my favorite season to talk mm -hmm. about with that, where like we had Olivia Caridi, but then as soon as a villain goes home, they fill him with a new villain. And on Ben Higgins season, it was Leah, who was not a villain the entire season, but had one bad date that they really, the editing was so choppy. Um, so it's so tough to, to analyze that, but I like Andrew. Um, but I, I feel like he's just being used as a narrator. But he's gonna go um, far. I think he is getting like this storyline. He's on He's on every episode. They make sure he's there, but he's not getting like his full one-on-one -on -one date yet. I think Andrew is giving me like third place vibes. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I've always watched Spoiled. So it's like, it's hard to say like okay. how I feel about somebody, but it's nice this season that we've gone so far without any spoilers. Um, but I always like to like not comment on how I like- Okay. That's fair. Because I don't, I don't want to spoil anybody. To yeah, no. Spoiled, but. And I don't look at spoilers. FYI, everyone, I don't know spoilers, but I feel like after watching the show for so long, I can kind of tell who is going to go super far. And I noticed that there's always like a couple people that you know they're going far, like Justin and like Andrew, but they just haven't had their story yet. So that means you know they're going to have more of their story at the end of the season. It kind of happened with Ivan. He was a little bit quiet, but he was always there. So you knew he was going to have a bigger thing towards the end. But sometimes it's just hard to tell who the first place winner is. This season, it just feels so obvious that it's Greg, but then it feels too obvious that it's Greg. So that's why I feel like there's going to be a shakeup. So I'm interested to see what happens when Blake comes next week. I definitely think he's going far. Now, who was the last person that on The Bachelorette that came back? Because the only person I could think of is Nick. Oh, um, I actually just worked on this today, but I think I have it closed out. It's actually, it's not as common as you would think that it happens. I, I went back all the way to Jake. No, I went all the way back to Jason Mesnick. And... I hardly found anybody. So the last year that we saw this happen, other than Matt James with mm -hmm. Heather showing up was Ben Higgins season. And then the me. last Bachelorette it happened on was Caitlin. So 2015, okay. so it has, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, and Nick, and then he became, he went to the top two because yes. they had a connection before the show. And I definitely think Blake and Katie had a connection before the show. So I think that they, it's like when you know someone longer, it almost, kind of like, oh, you feel more comfortable with them. And that's why I give Claire a break. I don't know what you think about Claire, but I feel like her cast list was developed, was released six months before she went into shooting because of COVID. So it's like, of course she was so over it by the time she got there. You and know? she got to stalk them ahead of time, which this was something I was really hoping that they'd be able to do with like changing up the show this season and Caitlin and Tasha being there. I was so hoping that they'd finally add the aspect of the show of breaking down that third wall and, you know, like maybe before hometowns or like that last week before hometowns, letting the lead actually look these people up because like there was a somebody who actually DM'd me. She went back and took data on every single contestant's Instagram account from 2019 until February of this year and analyzed each post 
if it was like self-promotion, family, travel, work, and like being able to look at that kind of stuff, I think it, I think it helps. Like I, it lets them kind of like see these people, but I think it also can be hurtful if you do it as much as Claire did. Cause then as you can see, you fall in love with people before you meet them. So exactly. Yeah. So let's switch gears and let's talk paradise. Or, um, you watch Bachelor in Paradise, you've seen every season, and what are you looking forward to this season? Do you have any statistics already based on what we know um, that you want to share? So I've watched every season, um, some of them multiple times, uh, but I've never analyzed it. I, um, two summers ago, our last Bachelor in Paradise, back then I used to pull Instagram follower accounts with a script that I used to run. Um, and I set it up for all the contestants, but I never did anything with that data. So I, I don't have a ton of data and I am so excited for what this season is going to hold with all the possibilities of, you know, cause it feels like such a puzzle. So how can we make that into data? Yeah. Well, the follower account is going to be so interesting with Bachelor in Paradise because it will blow up. I think Paradise is going to have uh, through the roof ratings compared to Bachelorette. Like people are really looking forward to it. I think also with that, we've seen a decline in people's Instagram follower accounts, but we also haven't had Bachelor in Paradise, which is where we see people skyrocket. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, Kaylin and Dean, they're some of the most followed people in the Bachelor world, and we were able to fall in love with them on Bachelor in Paradise. And on top of that, too, um, like Tyler C., we saw him do so well because obviously, like, he was a heartthrob, like, he, he's a model, right? Mm -hmm. And he said all the right things, but Something that we see is that, you know, the majority of people who watch the show are women, right? So if you go on the show and you're a woman, you're going to do great coming off and trying to kickstart a business off of becoming an influencer because women like to buy stuff from women, right? So you want to buy their hair stuff. You want to buy their makeup stuff. I remember when Hannah G came off, Hannah Godwin, yeah. when she came off, everybody wanted to know what highlighter she used because yeah. like that was her big thing. When men come off of this show, they don't do great on social media because people, like women don't, you know, like- Unless they're maybe, really like, hot. Yes. But still with that, like another thing I'm going to be doing soon is analyzing uh, YouTube views. So if you look at Tyler C, for example, he's one of the top foremost followed people from this show. But if you look at his YouTube page, because he does tons of YouTube videos now, he doesn't get more than like 16,000 views on his videos. You look at Ari and Lauren, aside from their recent babies, because those yeah. obviously those are going to perform well, they get like a quarter of a million views on every video. So relationships, when you're a man coming off of the show, do great. People want to follow you because they want to see how you're doing yes. in a relationship because that's what women, will, I'm assuming what women yeah. are buying into. And that's why sometimes people fake relationships on Paradise and keep it after the show because you can gain your following. Once you have your following, you can extend that into many years. Um, I want to guess, you do know this off the top of your head, the top like followed people on Instagram from The Bachelor, just like overall. So I'm going to guess and you're going to tell me if I'm right. Because <laughs> I think I know. Well, I think the top girl okay. is Hannah Brown. I think she's at 2.5 million, right? Yes. And she's actually dropped quite a bit. So once you oh, wow. I call it like the, the Bachelor capacity, right? It's like the, the most number of followers that anybody has from this show. And it's, it's Hannah Brown. But before that, it was somebody else. Um, it's never gone above like 2.6, 2.7 million. And up there, a lot of them are just losing followers because there's like, they're not, there's not more shows around them. Yeah. If you don't continue your career on social media, you're going to lose your followers over time. But I also with Tyler C, I guess he's like the top guy that's ever been followed. 
he had over 200,000 followers before even going on the show because he was a model. So those people have an advantage as well because they start off with a huge following. They already have a following from whatever else they're doing before. So Tyler C is the most followed. Who is also most followed from the show? Uh, Jojo. Mm -hmm. um, Colton is up there too, but I have, I have so many problems with that because, um, so there was a whole scandal last year where it came out that he had that Cassie took out a restraining order because he was stalking her, harassing her after she broke up with him. Um, and then if you remember at that time, he wiped his social media and he was silent from like September, October through the end of December. And the first thing he did at the end of December is like December 26th. He um, just started doing some stories until he ended up coming out. Okay. That whole time, his follower counts were dropping. Makes sense. Not in the news, because the the whole like stalker thing yeah. had gone out of the news. Um, wasn't doing any posts, wasn't doing any stories, no advertisements. Like there was nothing him. happening with him. I yeah, unfollowed so him, but now I refollowed him. him. Now I follow him. Yeah. Again. But here's the thing that happened during that time off from social media. He dropped, which makes sense. A lot of those are like, you know, people's burner accounts get deleted, like there's deactivated accounts, dropped every day. And then as soon as it got to 1.9 million, where it dropped below the 2 million count, suddenly, silence, no media, he jumped 30,000 followers in a day. He gained 35,000 followers out of nowhere. Before the interview? And that happened. Yeah, this was during his time off from social media, no stories, nothing. And it kept happening where he dropped followers and then suddenly one day he gained 30, 40, 50,000. And then he started dropping again over time. Mm -hmm. And same thing happened when he came out. Obviously, a ton of people followed him. I did too. Um, see what happens. See how he's going to pivot this. Is he going to turn to career? I want to see what he, I, you know, I, yeah. I felt for him. Like I, you know, I also felt for Cassie last year because I, that I triggered, right? But then when he came out and he's talking about how he like thanked God that he became The Bachelor for making him straight. I was like, oh, that hurts to hear. Like I, that's, so that's horrible that you had to feel that way. Yeah. Um, I followed him, but then I unfollowed him. And over time, since he gained those followers the days that he came out, he hit 1.9 million. And guess what happened? He gained followers up to 2 million again. So I have some problems with, with his 2 million, but he's not the only person who buys followers. So I was going to ask you about bots and how you, and maybe buying followers. Do you know when someone buys followers and how the bots work? Not really. So you used to be able to see it a lot more because there were a lot of sites that actually analyzed the authenticity, the authenticity of people's followers, but a lot of those have gotten taken down. Um, the, the thing I like to do is with a season being on, there's, there's trends you can see and, and then you have to take into account different variables, right? So when the whole Chris Harrison, Rachel Lindsay, Rachel Gurkhanal scandal happened, you would expect that that would impact the normal trend that you see every week of people gaining. So it's kind of like a, you gain Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it kind of flattens out a little bit until the next episode. That's the normal gain. Um, I've seen in previous seasons where it's like, you see people where it's like on a Saturday, they didn't get any screen time when nobody even knows who they are and they just suddenly gain 50,000 followers. Like that's easy to point to. Um, I haven't seen that in a few seasons. People love to point to like, Maddie Pruitt from Peter's season like oh she bought followers like she oh my gosh she has so many followers but like that's not a that's not a trend you can't just say because somebody has a ton of followers that they bought them yeah wow I hate that people can even buy followers in the first place it's just annoying 
especially for people who work so hard to gain their followers. I just think it's so frustrating, but I can literally talk to you all day about this. And I kind of want to wrap things up. I want you to kind of tell everybody where they could find you, what exactly you're doing, why they should follow you to kind of wrap this up. Yeah, so I am Bachelor Data on Instagram. Um, I started a TikTok, still trying to learn it. Um, and I also you know, have reality. You know what you need to do on TikTok? You know what you need to do on TikTok is say your data, kind of like how I talk. Like that's what would get people watching. You should try that. I need you to coach me on TikTok because I, let me tell you, there's nothing that makes me feel more 30 years old than TikTok. <laughs> okay, well, um, you'll, I'll coach you on TikTok. You coach me on Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. And um, yeah, so why should everyone follow you? Oh yeah, um, so we're gonna be providing a ton of new data this season, especially um, you know on the changes in Katie's season, um, but we're also gonna be launching a course this season. Um, so a lot of people have reached out being like, how do you do this? How'd you learn how to do it? And truly when I started this, I had no idea how to do any of this and it wasn't part of my degree. So I'm excited to provide a course that's fun with bachelor actual data from Hannah Brown's season and analyze and learn how to use spreadsheets and make beautiful charts. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. I hope that everyone who listened learned something. I will have bachelor data's links down below so you guys can check her out and follow her. And we'll be back for another podcast soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that was my podcast with the bachelor data. So you guys have to check her out on Instagram. Or if you didn't already follow her, you will definitely want to follow her now after listening to this podcast because she just has so many interesting facts that you literally can't find anywhere else. So definitely check her out. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of the podcast. It is my birthday, so I'm going to tell you guys what I'm doing. I am going out tonight on Sunset Boulevard with a few of my friends to dinner. We're going to a rooftop to celebrate. And then tomorrow is Friday night, which is my birthday party and I am having a birthday party at my friend's Airbnb and it's going to be a reality TV themed birthday party so all of my friends are coming over dressed up as reality stars so this is going to be so much fun on June 25th and everyone's dressing up as housewives Kardashians just like I'm dressing up as Kylie Jenner spoiler alert so definitely stay tuned for that on Instagram and I will be vlogging the birthday party and everyone's outfits for a new YouTube video, which will be on my channel probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, if you're just listening to this podcast, I post new YouTube videos every single Tuesday and new podcast episodes every single Thursday. Everything is at Zachary Reality. I'm also on Instagram, TikTok, Clubhouse, Twitter, and ZacharyReality.com, and as well as Zachary Reality and Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. So thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to wish me a happy birthday and everyone have a great weekend and I will talk to you guys next time I am on my podcast. Bye.